At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. The numbers told the story they always do. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN. Good Thursday morning, too. It is a numbers game at VSIN, the sports betting network, VSIN.com, the VSIN app, Game Plus, iHeartRadio, YouTube TV, all proudly brought to you by BetMGM. Gil Alexander, Kelly Bidlin in the house on this Thursday. Kelly, good morning, sir. Good morning, man. What's your threads account, bro? Signed up? <laughs> we have to talk about that. <laughs> so we, we really do have to. So threads. Facebook's response to Twitter, 10 million downloads in seven hours. Seven hours yesterday, yep. That is not only Mark Zuckerberg's big bird to uh, Elon Musk, but it's also, I think, Twitter's users saying, oh, we're done here. We we'll are see. done here. We'll see. I can't, I <laughs> can't wait. I 10 mean, you, million you, in seven hours? I mean, My you and God. I have used Twitter for 14 years. 14 years. Since it started, basically. Yeah. We've needed it for work. We used it for work. It was it was integral to everything I ever did. Mm-hmm. Yes. I work, owe it handicapping. I, I owe it stuff. so much. Yes. And ten million in seven hours. <laughs> ten million in seven hours. <laughs> unbelievable <laughs> to threads. Anyway, that's part of the Vicent Plus 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 uh, broadcast that we're doing simultaneous to this. <laughs> that's the pre show prep right there. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> It's just unbelievable. Uh, on the show, Chris Felica in studio. We will talk college football with Chris. Uh, he is uh, here in town. I think signing, signing up for contests, as a matter of fact. So, uh, I, yeah, I think I saw him tweeting that yesterday. Yeah, so we'll hang out with him and uh, talk sports, what he's betting on. Crackman from an undisclosed location, unscripted with the Crackman Bill Krakenberger. Joe Sheehan on baseball. Looking forward to talking to him about baseball. His thoughts on the overperformers, the underperformers. What he thinks about uh, certain teams, who are the, which is sustainable, which is not, from the Joe Sheehan newsletter. Zach Cohen on Wimbledon. Speaking of which, by the way, man, was my last 24 hours just awful at Wimbledon. To turn from a winning tournament to a losing tournament in the last 24 hours. Uh, we do have two plays uh, ready to go or, or left to go today. The one in the morning was a winner on Kenton, as I believe it's Kentinalis. Uh, that was a winner, easy peasy this morning in straight sets. But the ones that were delayed by weather, the ones that got shifted around, just awful. Perfor- and, and I mean, like, awful performances by the players. Like, so our first quarter bet lost this morning. Veronica Kudermatova in Q2, she got completely outclassed by Marketa Vondrasova. And we're talking with with these like 30, you know, not in this particular one, but in some of the others, like 30 cents of, of the hallowed CLV. Yeah, take that, 30 cents of CLV. Like Maxime Cressy yesterday, and every single set he lost in four sets. Every single set went to a tiebreaker. So it makes it sound like oh. you had, you make, it, I mean, on the one hand, it's like, 
you could have won and you're like, oh, but every set went to a tiebreaker. But let me tell you something. If you watch the match, we, sh- we had no business winning it because while he did enough to win all his serves until the breakers, he couldn't get a, like, he couldn't get a single point off his opponent, Laszlo Jerry. So, I mean, I will, I, and I don't know. We don't know. Is it, we'll never know. Was it the, the change in the schedule that delayed all the matches? That match didn't start on time. Then it moved in the middle to a different court. You don't know. And you if, don't, and you if, don't know. You, you don't know. know. If it had gone our way, we probably would have looked like I'm a genius, right? So you can't blame that on it because you never know. But but it took a – like the last 24 hours were awful. Hopefully we do, we have a 3-0 and today, and then it'll all be water under the bridge. You know what anyway. I know, though? Yeah. You know what I do know is it will screw with your head. <laughs> that type of stuff will screw with your head, yeah. Completely <laughs> screw with your head. The two remaining today, Andy Murray taking on Stefanos Tsitsipas. Uh, bet Murray at minus one, uh, 145. Uh, Tsitsipas coming off a tough match. Grass is really not his thing. His career grass record, I want to say it's like 18 and 14. It's very pedestrian. Andy Murray, once a part of the big four, of course, with Federer and Nadal and Djokovic, who has won this tournament before. He is looking great. And he's going to have the whole crowd behind him. Just a, just a career of greatness on grass. Andy Murray is the play this morning. And then the big dog. I'm taking Adrian Manorino, my friend. Adrian Manorino, who is a grass uh, specialist, or is really good on grass. I don't know if I'm a specialist on grass. But he's over $3 still. I got him at plus 352. He's probably around about plus 315 last I looked, uh, hovering around $3. Against Daniil Medvedev, this is an awful matchup for Medvedev. Uh, I think the upset happens. And like I said, if we win these two, then we're, you know, that last 24 hours will be a distant memory. Hopefully so. And uh, Rojang. Rojang on the U.S. Uh, the, the ladies U.S. Open. Yeah, I took a I took a piece of her to finish top ten. Is what I played. Did you go first round leader at all? No, I, I did, did not. not. Yeah, I didn't. Either. I did not. I just went out right. So on we'll it. be we'll be wishing Jason luck with that, and hopefully she continues it wire to wire. Then um, the uh, Sitsipas plus one fifteen Murray minus one forty. Man, has Murray been playing like a lot better recently? I guess I was surprised when you sent that to me and I saw he was the favorite in that match. Oh, this is his, this is service. This is it's his just tournament. it's just Wimbledon. So it's, it's Wimbledon okay. and he's looking great. Yeah, he's looking great. And he I mean his career grass numbers are spectacular. Do you bet more it feels this way to me. Do you bet more men's tennis at at Wimbledon or in grass season I than, think it, than it, normal? No, it's completely random. Okay. People ask me that all the time. Don't you bet like way more women's tennis than men's tennis? And now you're asking me on this particular surface if I go, man, it, it's really what the numbers drive you in to. In general, if someone asked me that question, I would say Gil's like 60-40. Women, women's. Pro- women's probably, probably so. Probably so. There's something about the the two of three, no matter the tournament, that uh, allows for upsets, right? Obviously, being the uh, the shorter best of. And so I, I play mostly dogs, and that's probably why it's 60-40 in that case. Makes but, sense. But yeah, if the numbers lead to it, the numbers lead to it, and uh, Andy Murray and... Adrian Manorino, your remaining plays of the day. So here's, you know, it's July 6th, and it's that time of year where, you know, you're like, well, what's, you know, I always want to talk about sports betting. I'm not interested in doing sports talk radio. And this thing came up, and I don't know, Kelly, if you and I are the only ones fascinated by this. We might be, but it's okay. (laughs) People will talk about it when it approaches. But this came up because... Adam Silver's dream of having an in-season NBA tournament is going to happen. And I think th- I think talking through like the possible betting implications of this are pretty fascinating too. So for those who don't know what we're talking about, um, Las Vegas is going to host 
the final four of NBA's new of the NBA's new in-season tournament. Now, I've read this article like, at least three times this morning. I'm just going to I'm almost going to read through it right now, Kelly, because I just want to get all the details. But it's going to take place. The final four of this tournament are going to take place December 7th and 9th in Las Vegas. That according to Woj over at ESPN. Stats will count for the league's regular season, except for the championship game of the event, which I'm not sure I really understand why they make that distinction. Well, okay. That's the first thing I don't get. The, 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 well, what I don't get about that is why is it just the championship game and not the semifinals, too? Well, you're, you're that's do- what I mean. Like, why are we... You're doing the semifinals and the finals separate in Vegas, so why would one count I don't, I don't and understand. one doesn't? First thing I don't understand. There's so much more I don't understand. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but okay, so so full details on the competition, including groupings, are going to be unveiled Saturday night uh, in Las Vegas on on ESPN. But and there's going to be you know when Banyama is going to be part of it with Adam Silver. It's a whole thing. But the in season tournament. Here's the details. Will debut for the for this coming season, twenty three twenty four season, and. Uh, it's in the league's new collective bargaining agreement, the new CBA that went into effect this past Saturday. All teams will participate in the group stage, which will consist of six groups total, three groups per conference, each with five teams, and chosen by a random draw based on teams' winning percentage the previous season. I don't understand that phrase Still, either. Yeah, don't get that either. Don't understand. Because wouldn't, be, wouldn't it be based off of a random draw or winning percentage? That's correct. <laughs> but apparently they're saying it's a random draw based on teams' winning percentage. Uh, each team will play four games in its group, with the six group winners making the knockout stage, along with two wild cards who finished with the best winning percentage and not first in their groups. Knockout stage games will be single elimination through the final. Silver has pushed for this for uh, several years. Uh, for the in-season event to be added. And again, he gets the inspiration of this from European soccer. We talk about with Paul Carr, we're doing Premier League every week. And then, you know, oh, right in the middle, he's like, oh, Champions League and teams from, right, we talk about it all the time. It's like if the Steelers played the Cowboys in an mm. in-season tournament week eight, and it, di- and it doesn't count toward the actual standings. So, okay, a couple of things. One, this is so foreign to the American sports fan. This is like, What? They're doing an in-season tournament in the middle of the season. Not the middle exactly, but once, you know, the regular season will have already started for a couple months. Yep. And so the betting implications of this, and I get this is months in advance, but I just want to, one, betting on the in-season tournament itself, sure, that gives us more betting opportunities. But won't there inevitably be teams, by the way, the prize here, if you win the tournament, if you win it, every player on the winning team gets $500,000. So that sounds like an incentive because you were talking about this before. You're like, oh, $500,000. But Kelly, the average NBA salary is $9.6 million last year. So let's say it's $10 million, just round it up to, for this coming year. $500,000 for a $10 million average salary. If you made $1 million, that's $50,000. If you made $100,000, it's $5,000. So in other words, for most of these players, or at least, you know, the ones that count, it's not going to be anything of a prize. So betting on the in-season tournament... Aren't there inevitably going to be teams that tank this anyway? Because, and especially like the hypocrisy we say of the NFL and safety and then having games on Thursday. Let's have more games on Thursday, yeah. whatever. This is, we're already a league of load management. Well, imagine the Clippers. Like, Kawhi's going to play in this? Come on. So I think that's the, like when I was texting you about this this morning, that I think the intelligent part of this is you have to, you have to do it at the beginning of the season because of that. Like, you can't do this in January or February because, yes, every team would go go with that. But you're you're hoping at the beginning of the season that there's not enough injuries for teams to make excuses of, of a guy to sit out at night. But it's, it's, it's the notion of betting that particular tournament and then your futures for the whole actual NBA season 
you have to consider this too, because now you're going to be like, well, maybe I was on the fence about betting. I'll just use the Clippers just as an example here because it's Kawhi. Maybe I was on the fence about betting the Clippers, but now if they're forced to play extra games and they're already team don't explain load management with Kawhi as the poster child, why would I, why would I even bother with this? Yeah, we got to carry, carry this over to the other this, side. To me, this is fascinating. Yeah. I think it is so, it's so, I don't understand why Adam, well, I understand it's money in the end, but Adam Silver is so intent on doing this. And from a betting standpoint, I think it, I think it has to creep into your thinking. You have to, you have to think on different layers, whether it's the tournament itself or the full season. Pretty interesting. We'll come back. uh, We'll continue this. More on that next. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. A numbers game on VSIN, the sports betting network. It's time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM with all your favorite wagering options, along with in game betting, boosted odds specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today. Won't take you but a few seconds, and stop by any MGM casino on the strip. With your state issued ID to open an account, start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM's state of the art technology and fan friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1 800. 522-4700. It's Gil Alexander. It's uh, Kelly Bidlin. Uh, still to come, Joe Sheehan. We're going to talk uh, about his piece in the Joe Sheehan baseball newsletter. Overachievers, underachievers, why most teams still fall into the, you know, normal standard deviation of where they ought to be. But which teams are the outliers? What's sustainable? What's not? Uh, Zach Cohen on his Wimbledon picks of the day. Crack man unscripted. And then Chris Felica in studio. Talk college football uh, and beyond. We were batting around this uh, this new NBA in-season tournament and betting implications, and uh, I talked uh, into the wall, so Kelly didn't get to say anything here. But I just want to add this before you go off on this, uh, Kelly. This is from the actual CBA agreement in April. Teams will be assigned to six interconference pools of five, not necessarily by division. On designated days during the first six weeks of the regular season, mm-hmm. So now we're talking first six weeks so it's, with the December 7th and 9th being the final four. Right. So the first six weeks, your four pool games will be mixed in through, through your regular season. Games. Teams will play four group games, one each against the other teams in their pool. Everyone plays two at home and two on the road. The winners of each pool 
and two wildcard teams will advance in a single elimination tournament. Tiebreakers to determine the eight participants, such as point differential, are still being discussed. Um, and again, players will receive a $500,000 prize each if they win. Each gets $500,000, which again, I, I just, before I even knew what the NBA, before I even Googled it, I'm like, what does the average NBA player yeah. make? $10 million? Bam, right on the button. Yeah, Tens but there, there are a lot more guys that earn way less than that than oh, there, there are guys are, that earn way more, Oh, right? there are players. The money doesn't matter. The money doesn't matter. There are players who will, who will want that. They just aren't the good ones. Um, right. What were you going to say about this? I, I just, I, I think it's, it's going to be interesting. I think we're going to have a lot more fair judgment after we see this play out for a year, but... I, this to me, if you're go, if you were going to do this, this is the way you have to do it. Where you have to do it at the beginning of the season, so you hopefully don't have to worry about load management stuff. These group games will be everything will be counted like it is like a regular season game. The stats, the records, all of that. So it's a little different from like the European soccer leagues in that sense, right? Like you're playing a Champions League game. doesn't count. If you win there, you don't get a win in the Premier League. That will be the case with this. So as far as like the group play goes, I don't really have any concerns about it. I don't really – I think it, I, I view it just as another regular season NBA game, and I think teams will view it that way. And if they happen to end up in this Final Four – okay, maybe there's now a little incentive to, I don't know, maybe play better here and go for that but you understand big 500K cash prize. But you understand what I'm saying. It doesn't count on the the actual NBA season. You remember the one that we grew up on that, you know, as recently as a minute ago, the, the Nuggets one? It doesn't count towards that. So these are... Oh, it ex- does. What do you mean? The sta- in the standings it again? It does, yes. Oh, it does. Yes, it does. So those How, four, where, where is that in those the, in the fine print? Those four games, that's where they're talking about the stats. Everything will count towards regular oh, season stuff. Pilot yes. error. Yes. Okay. So that's different. So that's different. So it's the semifinals in the final. Those, okay. This final four in Vegas is gotcha. the only thing that would be separated. So it just, it's basically on the, on the schedule, they just, uh, so weird. Yes, you're picking four in those first six weeks. Yeah. You're going to have four games that will be deemed a part of this in-season tournament. So, so the challenge really is to the schedule maker to try to finagle all of this. Yeah, which th- that that's, that's, that sounds more difficult than anything. Than anything, because yeah. you got to incorporate these rules into the actual regular season schedule. Okay, so that changes it a little bit as far as it impacts the whole regular season, because then it's it's standard load management. And, and, and again, we have limited infor- information right. from the CBA from April for what this layout's going to be. They are, this is a big, It's I think they're calling it NBA Con. Like, it's supposed to be like Comic Con here on Saturday night at Mandalay Bay okay. for the NBA, where they're going to go into all the details of but, this. But now, now I'm less interested because now it makes more sense, right? Now I'm yes. like, okay, so if a sports book then posts randomly and and I'm I'm sure the DraftKings of the world will it's oh, who will win this in-season tournament right but what you're saying is besides the final four besides the semis in the final it's just regular season games anyway yet yet you know Jerry rigged into this context of a tournament Correct. so then it becomes more of an NIT type of handicap which is Will anyone, like at the beginning of the NIT, we always say, okay, which teams in college basketball, first of all, to get, you know, when we have it beforehand, we're like, okay, which teams won't be good enough to make the uh, the big dance, but will be motivated once they get into the NIT, you know, if they're the 65th team or worse, to actually perform well and win this thing. And in this kind of tournament, 
I don't think we can even know that at the beginning. We'll only know it when it comes to like the final four, because one coach of those four, let's say the Oklahoma City Thunder get in there. That coach may say to himself, then pick Orlando or Charlotte, one of those kind of teams may say, you know what? This will give my young team a boost to win this. At that point, you can start making those yeah. kind of handicapping assessments. But otherwise, uh. I, I think the one point, the one I really don't understand is so the final is not going to count. So like that will be separate. That will not be counted as a game. The stats won't count. Wait, but, but the semifinals will. But somehow the semifinals will. Well, the stats I'm talking about, but I'm talking about the standings. Yeah, the semifinals yes, say, yes, same thing. So like I, I'm, I'm just reading an article oh, right here yeah, where okay. it's the Never mind. where the so the the. Two teams playing in the final will end up having played 83 games right. this season. I've gone from fascinated to we should just talk about this when it happens. <laughs> I really have because it's like now it's like it's the schedule maker who's who has the hardest job yes. here. And then from a handicapping standpoint, there's really nothing now because with the with the, with the group yes. stage things. No, there's, there's nothing. nothing. I don't right. think there's anything. All right, let's talk about something that actually matters that here odds to win the 2024 MVP in the NBA. Nikola Jokic is your short shot at plus 450. Luka Doncic, who we've said on this show many times, we're like, hey, they really want to give this to him in previous years. He's five to one. Giannis plus 550. Embiid plus 650. Jason Tatum nine to one. Everybody's double digits are beyond. First question. Do you just take Nikola Jokic at plus 450 because he didn't get it last year? They snubbed him. They snubbed him in the worst possible way, uh, publicly, uh, irrationally, I would even suggest how it happened. It was like an ESPN. If you didn't know any better, it was like this ESPN coordinated assault on Jokic, and I mean that. It was awful. And they were proven so wrong, egg on face, when all was said and done. And yes, I get it. The postseason doesn't count towards an award. But, I mean, goodness, do you just bet the plus 450 now? Um, I wouldn't bet it now. But if I had to make one now, yes, that's where I would go, basically because of everything you just said. Yeah. We're, we're, we're going to... This is all unfortunate because I think we are going to swing too far back this year to a lot of that being said. Right where it was last year, it was we had to make any excuse to like build up Joel Embiid because we thought he had possibly been robbed in years past. And like, I think we're going to swing over too far to the Jokic side this year, honestly, in my opinion. Okay. Uh, and I think there's also a school of thought that says you'll never see this number again. Right. Yeah, like he'll, could just, be. he'll just Absolutely come out doing be. Jokic yep. things and that'll be the end of that. Is there a long shot? If I, if I said to you, you must take a long shot. Meaning double digits. No, I think I think we're really that. That's a great question because I think we're really in the days of the NBA now, where where th- th- what these teams and these players look like. I don't think that you're seeing. I whoever wins MVP next year, I don't think it's coming from off of this board that we have up right now. Okay, I think it, I think it is one of these players that we're seeing right yep. at the top. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, most improved player in the NBA. Good luck with this. <sighs> now, everything we said about most improved player last year kind of didn't pan out because remember our big thing was. No one comes from relative obscurity to win it. It's usually a player that's already established who then gets it. But our guy Markinen bucked that last year. Yep. So I don't know that we can say that with that kind of confidence anymore. Mikhail, um, Mikhail Bridges is your short shot with the Brooklyn Nets at 7-1. to one. You, got a, here's, you got your handful of guys here are going to be able to shine stats-wise. Like Jordan Poole with the Wizards is 20-1, to one, right? Yep. You know what what name I keep going to? Alper and Sengun. Sengun at 16 to 1 for some reason. He hey, was he, he was good so yep. good. And in summer league before that, so good. 
Is there a guy there you like? Yeah, there's a couple actually. I like. You love Scotty Barnes. There's I already a, know you. There's a couple I like that I might I might actually make bets on here soon. Um, the so I think what, what you just said is true, but I think that's still the baseline you always got to keep. I'm going to still keep in mind for I most improved. Even though I lost those bets on SGA yep. last year. I'm not changing at least my baseline thinking with how this award works. And it is usually player two in year three or four who has been on a steady rise, who on year five you kind of start to expect to work themselves maybe into that MVP conversation. There's one guy on this board I made a bet on last year in this market. I have a feeling I'll be right back on him. His name is Tyrese Maxey. Yeah. The only reason I haven't bet it yet, Gil, is because of everything that's going on with Damian Lillard and how these teams might shift around. I want to know exactly where he's at before I put a bet in, but shop around. You can find him in the 20s. It's at Caesars right now. He's 20 to 1. That would be a bet for me. The other guy I would say keep your eye on for uh, uh keep your eye on Desmond Bain 30 to 1 with no John Morant there for the first uh 30 games. Desmond Bain's going to get a lot of looks at shots. Maxi literally the other guy was going to bring up. Yeah. Did you have him for six, man, at one point? No, I had him most improved last year. Most improved last year. Okay. We'll come back. Baseball with Joe Sheehan. Numbers game. Visa, the Sports Betting Network. A numbers game on VSIN, the sports betting network. It's all this football season here at VSIN, which is why we've just released our NFL betting guide. Our NFL betting guide will help you get ahead of the upcoming NFL season with in depth profiles of every team, including advanced stats, proven betting systems, and proprietary betting trends, plus best bets on season win totals, futures, and props. Become a VSIN Pro subscriber today for as low as $19 and get your newly released NFL betting guide or take advantage of our summer kickoff special and get access to everything we do through the Super Bowl for only $175. Sign up today at VSIN.com slash subscribe. It's Gil Alexander. We have tweets on the basketball stuff, which we'll get to next segment. They're very- they're very good. Lots of good tweets on that. I wonder uh, how many threads we have on it, by the way. <laughs> I'll have to check. We'll have to check on I, that. I just I just found one more note on it. You want me to hit it quick? Oh, God. So this is because you and I were discussing about these the, the games counting regular season or not, yes. right? I don't know how we're doing win totals this year because apparently all 30 NBA teams are going to have scheduled 80 regular season games because of the potential that you could play into that championship game and hit 82 they have to leave it for 80 for all 30 teams, and then apparently they're going to add two on for every other team as the season goes. Because they don't know who's in the semis. Exactly. Oh, my God. Yeah. So Okay, so, so 80 regular season games will be scheduled. That will affect season win totals. And then once you figure out who the final four teams are, every other team the league will have two extra games added. Enjoy sports books. <laughs> yeah, have fun with that. Read the fine print. I mean, I guess you'll still set win totals, right? But like, you're going into it with two games, you have no idea what the well, opponents. Well, the, the obvious solution, I think we did this in the pandemic, was is win percentage. Win percentage, yeah. Go win percentage on that. Anyway, all this stuff has betting, betting implications. But man, was that fun? We walked, we talked through it, and we're like, oh, this is great. This is not so great. Uh, Joe Sheehan joins us to talk baseball. He is, of course, the author of the Joe Sheehan newsletter. How are you, Joe? Good to talk to you, man. Good. This is the first I've heard about this NFL thing. That's that's wild. I think teams, for the extra two games, teams should just play pickup ball. You just say the Philly, uh, say the Sixers and Knicks just pick some outdoor court in, I don't know, Trenton, New Jersey or something, <laughs> and right. just go go get a run-up, you know, first to ten wins. Knicks and Sixers go to Rucker Park now. I like it. You have a game. Exactly. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Uh, Joe, first of all, uh, before we even launch into it, tell everybody where they can get your newsletter and, and all the different things you do with it. 
JoeSheehan.com. I've been writing the newsletter now. This is my 14th season. Before that, I was with Sports Illustrated, Baseball Prospectus, Baseball America. I've written everywhere. Uh, and the newsletter is where I write about the game on field, off field. Definitely a stat head perspective, but I like to think it's readable if you're not that into the numbers. Uh, it's a passion project for me. A couple thousand people subscribe. I'm doing it for a while now, and I really love it. So you go on there, you see excerpts of everything I've done. Like the last week, I've written about Shohei Otani. I've written about uh, teams that are over and underperforming. I've written about uh, the Reds. There's a complete piece up there about you know this, this recent Reds run. You can scroll through and see that full piece for free. Subscription information is on the site as well, joshian.com. And there's a Slack Slack. Uh sort of adjunct to this as well? There is. You know, about five years ago, I kind of tried to figure out how to do it. It's free. If you get the newsletter, you can actually sign up for the Slack. It's ball talk 24-7, 365. Hundreds of people love the game. The other thing, uh, Gil, I should mention on here, I actually have an opt-in gaming newsletter as well where I kind of break down the games and look ahead to the night slate. I added that this year because a lot of people wanted that sort of content. And the people who didn't want it really didn't want it. So you can opt into it as well. That's awesome. Okay, so one of these pieces that you just talked about is what I want to get into because I think you framed the season, you know, from a from a headline standpoint really well, which is, okay, the first headline was the shortening of games, all the, all the ways that they did that. Shohei is probably headline number two. And, and headline number three is, you know, you have, a, you have some teams like the Padres, like the Cardinals, um, you know, teams that have completely underperformed who are expected to do very well in their divisions. But you you take this from a standpoint of, okay, underperformers and, and, and overperformers, we do tend to somewhat exaggerate that. Explain what you mean by that. Well, it's two things. One is that here's a natural variance to teams throughout a season that I don't think we appreciate. A team might be three wins off its pace, and we're like, oh, my God, what's wrong with them? Well, they're three wins off their pace. That's just the nature of a baseball season. But the other thing is, and that's why So if you scale down their records, you get a better sense of, of where they are. And I think that with these three teams we're talking about, the Padres, Cardinals, and Mets, they were the three, four, five seeds last year, and all of them are, are legitimately underperforming, anywhere from seven to 11 wins off the pace we would have expected them to have. And, you know, it's not early anymore. I'm the guy who really tries to not jump to conclusions when a team is, you know, a, a game under 500 in the middle of May. But we're almost 90 games into the season, past July 4th, about to hit the All-Star break. And whether teams think they're better or worse than they are, the standings are going to dictate their actions over the next few weeks. It's one thing to say, hey, you know, we're not really a 35 and 51 team like the Cardinals are. But if you're 12 and a half games out of the division, that's got to drive your, your decisions at the deadline. So for these three teams, I think we can legitimately say they're not meeting where we expected them to be. And that's got to be the focus of their choices as we hit the deadline. And the other thing is, it's funny, all three teams, it's the bullpen. These are three teams that had top 10 bullpens last year. All of them are bottom 10 this year. It's the bullpen. I've tried to stress this when I talk about the Giants and the Giants' success, not only when they won their three World Series, but even the way they're manipulating their pitching staff, and they're doing something specific this year. But the common thread of those three World Series teams, and we can talk about the Royals' World Series winner as well, it was the bullpen. And the bullpen is what we as, as sports bettors, it's harder for us to quantify that. With a, you know, We watch baseball, we watch it with our eyes, we take in what we can we can't really soak in bullpen the same way, right? As we can one individual starter or a hitter. Um, and so I think that's, it is always the, the thing that really is the secret sauce of major league baseball. Now of the teams that have overperformed outside of that five game window or underperformed, let's take the overperformers first. Cause I want to ask you who you think of these teams, which of these do you think is sustainable? So obviously the reds, 
uh, are the are the biggest overperformer based on projection to this point. Orioles, Rangers, even the Braves, as great as we thought they'd be, are even that much more spectacular, as is the case with the Rays, Marlins, D-backs, Nationals, uh, as you point out, largely because of defense. Which of those, I mean, obviously the Braves might be one of them, but, but I don't know, I don't want to put words in your mouth. Which of those teams do you think is the most sustainable, and which is the least sustainable? Which do you think is, okay, this is an outlier, it'll change? I look at that Reds pitching staff, and I have a hard team, hard time seeing them holding up. Now, they've won four in a row. They, they're still getting a lot of great work out of their young players. Matt McClain and Ellie Dela Cruz, the guy that, guys they've called up this year, Spencer Steer. Uh, but when you look at that rotation, you know, Andrew Abbott was very good his last time out. Some underlying numbers that aren't so great. But you're talking about a team that's trying to get it done with Luke Weaver, with occasional bullpen game. They've got to get Hunter Green back. They've got to get Nick Lodolo back. Right now, they're hoping for early August for both. But even then, I don't think this rotation and really the bullpen behind uh, Alexis Diaz is going to be good enough to hold on. So I think the Reds have the most collapse risk of these teams. You look at the Orioles, though, you know, similar issues with the questions about the pitching staff, but two true dominant relievers at the back end with Bautista and Cano. So when they They've been shortening games to seven innings, and they keep bringing up talent. Just this week, they called up Jordan Westberg, who's one of their top infield prospects. They've gotten it done this year with Rutschman and Henderson. Joey Ortiz has been up a few times, and they've got guys coming up behind them. Colton Kowser's an outfielder who just got called up. Heston Kerstad will be up soon, and eventually Jackson Holiday. So this is a team that has a lot of talent to bring up to the major leagues, and as we'll see over the next few weeks, a lot of talent that can be used in trade to improve that pitching staff. Same question then for the big underperformers, which are the Royals, uh, the Padres, the White Sox, the Cardinals, the Mets, and the Athletics. So the teams you've already mentioned, and then the real, uh, you know, the real bottom of the barrel teams in the Royals and the Athletics. Yeah, um, I'm finally off the Cardinals. I pretty much insisted until uh, like the ninth inning last night, Cardinals could still make a run in the bad uh, NL Central. And I'm pretty much giving up at this point. Me, Again, the bullpen's undercut too. a lot of what they've done. Yeah. <laughs> me too, man. Uh, but I think the Padres are dangerous. Now, not maybe catch the Diamondbacks dangerous, but I think they're going to find their way into the postseason. If you look at their numbers this year, you know, a lot of it is hitting with runners in scoring position, which isn't a skill apart from hitting. So that's the kind of thing we would expect to regress over the last 70 games of the season. You look at the raw talent at the top of that lineup, we can expect Machado and Bogarts to finally get healthy and hit better than they have. And I think that bullpen, which again, I mentioned earlier, has been bad. You look at getting healthy, Luis Garcia getting healthy. You look at what they have in Steven Wilson and Nick Martinez. I think once they get their their core guys uh, in front of Josh Hader, they're going to be fine. So yeah, I like the Padres to make a run. Yeah, that and that will, you know, and, and if they do make the run, it will probably, the, the mainstream media narrative will probably be the hitters coming to life or something, but it will right. probably be the bullpen that will make uh, the biggest difference. Last thing was we only have uh, 45 seconds here. Shohei, my instinct is no matter what, they're not going to part. The Angels are not going to part with Shohei. What is yours? I'm with you, Gil, and I've been with you for over a year now. The Angels need to win to have any hope of retaining Shohei Otani, and that's always been their goal. They don't have a good enough farm system to go into a rebuild. They certainly don't have a good enough base talent to say, hey, look, we can get rid of We can trade Shohei and be back next year. They have to try to win this year to convince him that he can be on a winning team in Anaheim. So no matter what, even with the Trout injury, Rendon, um, I don't see them trading Shohei. I completely agree with that. We shall, we will see. Time will tell for sure. Joe, always a pleasure. Let's do this more. Thanks, Gil. Take care. Joe Sheehan, everybody. On Twitter at Joe underscore Sheehan. 
You start putting threads. Uh, yeah, I don't know what his there. threads account is. Yeah, yeah. Don't I don't know if he signed up. Is he one part of the ten million that already signed up? <laughs> we'll see how uh, it legs it has. Uh, we have we have tweets on that as well. We'll get to all of them on the other side. And Zach Cohen on what he has left Wimbledon today. I've got Andy Murray and Adrian Manorino as a big dog later today. We'll see what Zach has in store. It's a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Attention, BetMGM customers. Have a friend who loves sports as much as you do? Here's a chance for both of you to earn a $50 bonus when they sign up through BetMGM's Refer a Friend program. Just sign into your BetMGM account and click on the Refer a Friend program to send your friend a message inviting them to register a new account in the same state you use BetMGM in. Once your friend signs up and makes a deposit, you'll both receive a $50 bonus. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. All promotions subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire in 30 days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi and Nevada. It's Gil Alexander, Kelly Bidlin, hanging out on a numbers game. We get tweets at Beating the Book. Always appreciate the feedback. Uh, this is from doo, 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 doo. this is from Trip Tepper. Threads talking about the Facebook uh, answer to uh, Twitter. He said Threads is just more social media noise. He said the live sports reaction will still happen on Twitter. Twitter's still the go-to custom news feed. People who have bet against Elon have taken a lot of L's. Well, Trip, you might be right, but we're only 18 hours in. So uh, let's get so far in 18 hours. Let's just say Zuckerberg's on pace. I, yeah, I sure as hell didn't think I'd be using Twitter basically the same way I had been for yeah. 14 years. Like, I, by the way, that's also another thing with Twitter, right? People, there are people. I don't know if you have these people in your life who they believe their way of using Twitter is the only way that everybody is using Twitter. People have people have lost friendships over that kind of thing. It's weird, yeah. Where they're, where they're like, you never retweeted my stuff. Well, I never saw your stuff, dude. <laughs> I think I'm looking for Everybody your stuff. uses it differently. Charles in Connecticut. On the NBA tournament, what I don't get, it seems there's going to be teams who take it as a 10-day break of load management, no incentive to play, no meaningful uh, money, no prestige of winning the tournament, and you and Kelly just basically said the same thing. And then, of course... We Kelly added the note about, 
oh, wait a minute, these games do count up until the semifinals. And, the and they'll just be mixed in, too. So there's not like yeah. there's a separate block of time where you're only playing those four games. New Jersey, New York. As a soccer fan, oh, this is a great one. As a soccer fan, this is what I can't get past with the NBA story. Outside of monetary incentives, and I would even add, you know, that's not much, there's no prestige to winning a tournament you just created. The FA Cup has 150 years of history. The entire premise of NBA media slash legacy is rings, not this. It's a great point. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. And it's why it's so, and it's so, I started off by saying it's so foreign to the American sports fan. What did we just say to Trip though? Hey, give it 100 years and let's, then we'll see, we'll yeah. see where we're, we'll revaluate yeah. it then, okay? Let's, let's not jump the gun <laughs> as, as Kelly and me talk about it in July. <laughs> this is from uh, It's Not Juice If You Win. I know there's salary averages, but the heavy hitters really move up those averages. Yes, we mentioned that. Wouldn't a team like the Spurs or OKC with more lower salary guys want to win? And yeah, I mentioned that, which is I think the handicapping angle does become once you get to the semis, right? Because now we've learned all the other games are just regular season games, at least counting towards the standings. Then you can make your assessment, but that's literally a two game assessment. Right. Yeah. We're wonderful. You're not going to get some, like, amazing long-shot number on that. Uh, by the way, New York, New Jersey, New York follow. He goes, he goes uh, oh, I'm laughing so hard because the longer that segment went, as Kelly talked, it felt like basketball. <laughs> it's really true. Uh, uh, let's see. And more and more. Oh, the better life, Tim Lawson. He goes, after two segments, I understand nothing about the NBA in season two. <laughs> season tournament. I'm sorry. We tried to, we tried to workshop it. We tried to get a betting angle, Tim. We just couldn't come up with one on it. That, that was of any real teeth. Um, all right. We appreciate all the, uh, all the feedback on all of these from everybody. Uh, let's talk some tennis. Zach Cohen joins us. He contributes to, uh, all of VEASAN's print media. And of course, to all of our on-air stuff as well. He joins us now. You can, uh, follow him on Twitter at underscore ZCO. Underscore ZCO. Apparently, uh, Zach Cohen was very, uh, it was used. Zach Cohen one, Zach Cohen two, all down. How you doing, Zach? What's happening? Doing well. I'm also on threads now, although I don't know what to do on it. Are you serious? Are you on there? I joined it. I don't want to get caught, you know, behind, but I don't really know what to do with it. Yeah, I have like no followers. I'm, I, I posted a thread. I'm threading. I don't, I don't know I'm, what to do, though. I'm threading. That's what He's you threading. did. <laughs> Tweeting, now you're threading. Um, yeah. yeah, you don't want to be, he look at FOMO. He's one of the 10 million. Were you one of those people who like jumped on clubhouse when that started? Do you remember the clubhouse craze? No, I only did this one because, you know, people were so upset with Twitter that I could see it potentially sticking. Although there's no desktop version for threads. So that's uh, an issue for me. That is a, that is an issue. Do you oh th- man. All right. Kelly's out. Yeah, I'm out. Kelly's I'm out. out. Yeah. <laughs> Kelly's out. That's all I needed to hear. Um, it'll be interesting to track, see what it is. And then poll the people out. Why are you doing this? Is it because you are upset with the changes? What did I call it the other day? It was like this, the hard rock here in Vegas. It's like, you had this beautiful sunken circle bar. Why did you do 10 remodelings for no reason other than to remodel? Um, okay. Let's talk Wimbledon. First of all, how's the tournament gone for you? It's been a little bit up and down so far, but there really hasn't been that many matches. So today's been awesome because, you know, you're kind of getting everything in once. And I have, you know, a ton of action today. What do you have today? So get to start. I have three plays. I'm Andy Murray to beat Sitsipas. Me too. Yep. And that one I really like. I just thought, you know, he played him really close two years ago at the U.S. Open when he wasn't far removed from that hip surgery. And now he's playing, you know, the best play, the best tennis he's played since that procedure 
and beat him on grass last year and playing him on grass now. And I also just kind of think Sitsipas is really, you know, lacking focus right now. I kind of think the Bedosa thing has gone to his head a little you bit. You know what's so funny, Zach, is as you were talking, I'm in my head, I'm like, I'm going to mention, and when Sitsipas loses, everybody's going to blame it on Bedosa. <laughs> and you literally <laughs> beat me to yeah. the punch. Like, you genuinely believe that that's, that's the distraction? You think that's what will <laughs> cause him to lose? I don't think it's her fault, but I do think he's in like the worst form we've seen him almost ever. Yeah. And I thought, you know, people gave team a lot of credit for how close he kept that match in the first round, but it was really, you know, more, said more about Sitsipas's form right now. And I just think that he's not all there at the moment. Yeah. Well, she is bad. Osa, if you know what I mean? So <laughs> there is that. All right. So Andy Murray, what else you got? I have Manorino plus two and a half sets against Medvedev. I have Manorino outright. There you go. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I love it. That's, that's bold. I, I was a little afraid to take it, but I just thought, you know, Manorino beat him two weeks ago. He's four and two against him in his career. So, yeah, it's not, you know, take one set. That's an easy job for him. Okay, and number three. I have Christina Buksha plus five and a half games against Jessica Pagula. Oh, okay. That's interesting. Yeah, but what is the, uh, what's the chief handicap there? I just thought that Pagula, you know, she's really, like, lacking in form at the moment, too, and I don't think that, I was looking back at the, her last 14 matches. She's only covered a five and a half game spread in two of them. She's not really a player that blows players off the court. And I think that Buksha has a pretty good forehand and plays really good defense. That doesn't really translate on grass as much as it does on clay. But I do think that Pagula has been lacking in aggression and, you know, not putting points away as easily as usual. There you go. I like it. Um. Okay. So I'll just ask you this. This is speculative. Do you, do you believe that the janky schedule all the rain, all the delays. I mean, we've had matches that started, stopped, didn't start again for two days. Hence we've had matches that started, then move courts, right? Cause then there's only two courts available. They choose that match to go to the main court. Do, do you feel like it has, it has a, you know, in other words, we, we talk about like after the all-star break in baseball, I, when I used to bet baseball every year, it always, for whatever reason, the numbers went out of whack right after the All-Star break. I don't know if players were less less engaged. Teams were sort of playing it differently uh, coming out of the break. Do you feel like that sort of jacked with some of these players' performances? Because, like, Kudermatova was a total no-show this morning, for instance. Yeah, I mean, I think where it really plays a factor is when you have someone that's not in the best of shape. Like, I faded Milos Raonic today because he's, you know, took years away from the from the game just came back and I thought, you know, playing yesterday and now playing today, he's going to be a little exhausted playing against Tommy Paul, who's in great shape. So I think that's something you want to keep an eye on. And then as well, you know, they're favoring, you know, big name players and putting they're prioritizing, putting them on big courts and making sure they play when they're supposed to play. So, you know, those players like Alcaraz, Murray, yeah. Djokovic, they're, they're finishing matches before other players are finishing rounds, you know, and they're going to be well rested and feeling good when their other their players are beaten up. I brought that up yesterday. So refresh my memory. Are you a Djokovic? You think Djokovic is winning the men's side? So I think Djokovic will win, but I did. I do like Alcaraz's chances. I think that what we saw at the French open was a little fluky. I know that you can give Djokovic a lot of, like, a lot of credit for, you know, putting pressure on Alcaraz and, you know, maybe forcing that cramp. But I do think that that was a physical issue that kind of got in the way of Carlos. I think he can beat uh, Djokovic on any surface. I know that this would be the hardest, but he's figuring it out as he goes. And has the ladies side cleared up for you at all? Or is it still, you know, the, the usual suspects right now? 
Yeah, I mean, I liked Kvitova before the tournament, but the more I see Spiatek, I do think that she's probably going to win this tournament. I have a big play on her to win her quarter. I'm feeling really good about that. I do think that potentially adding the, adding to the position, I think she's plus 190 right now to win the tournament isn't a bad option. Yeah, if, if she does win this tournament, it will be her fifth slam, and she will be halfway to my initial proclamation about her that she will win double-digit slams after she won her first, and she will be well on pace, a Serena-like pace, to being the greatest of all time we will see she's never won a grass tournament in her life uh this could be the first zach appreciate it man thank you so much no problem zach cohen everybody at underscore zco on twitter we'll come back unscripted with the crack man bill krakenberger where is he that's next numbers game visa the sports betting network at bed 365 we don't do ordinary we believe that every sport should be epic every home run every hit every inning every play from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar, whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.